The A's fans who showed up for the reverse boycott got a magical game. And Lindsey Crosby is going to join the show to talk about the stars of tomorrow. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, there's, where's my lower third? I thought I just hit it. There it is. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade. This is my fifth season here as a member of the, of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, quick note, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And follow us at LOCKDOWNMLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So much great baseball is going on today. Please, please, please listen to Jason Burke, who was my guest yesterday. And he was at the reverse boycott game. And so I can't wait to listen to his uh, latest episode. Um, you couldn't have asked for a more magical night in Oakland. They nearly had 30,000 fans there. Most of them were wearing shirts that say sell. They were chanting. It was unbelievably uh, exciting to, to watch the game and to feel that electric atmosphere. I've been at the Oakland Coliseum when it's packed. And just the sense of, do you want, if this is it, and it sure looks like it is because legislation is being passed left and right in Nevada to have the A's move there, then at least you're seeing some some magical memories for some of the people who showed up there. Hogan Harris was unbelievable with his seven strong innings. They rallied. They've now won seven games in a row. And the A's, who people are wondering, are they going to be the worst team in baseball history? Well, now the Royals are worse. So they're not going to be the worst team in baseball right now a lot of weird games happened on tuesday night a pair of seven to six games the yankees fell behind early max scherzer was on the mound and max scherzer fell apart this is bad bad news for the mets if you give max scherzer five runs and he can't even get out of the fourth inning um this is this is big trouble as the mets are now five games under 500 I know every Met fan is chanting that, well, you know, the Braves were this and the Nationals were that. If you can't rely on Max Scherzer, there's going to be some serious trouble. The non-Aaron Judge Yankees scored seven runs. By the way, the Red Sox lost again in extra innings, 7-6 to the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Randall Gritchick got the big hit on there. Uh, a weirdest game, I mean, the most dramatic game was in Oakland, but the... One of the more dramatic games took place in Minnesota. The Brewers took a lead into the uh, bottom of the ninth inning, and the Twins rallied, tied the game, and then Carlos Correa hit a two-run walk-off home run. They scored four runs against one of the best bullpens, which means that the Twins, first-place Twins, are now above 500. Woohoo! But with the Brewers' loss, and San Francisco beating the tar out of the St. Louis Cardinals, that means at least for a day, 
the Brewers have fallen out of one of their wildcard spots. Uh, the Pirates are still in first, even though they got absolutely whumped by the Cubs. And look out for the Angels. They're creeping up. They beat the Rangers again, 7-3, to and Kansas City lost to the Reds. The Reds just can't be stopped right now as they're in the middle of their four-game winning streak. But, man, the A's won seven games in a row, and that's really something. But let me tell you something. I'm going to make our first segment today is going to be pretty short because uh, Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects joined me to talk about the players who are currently in the minor leagues who could make a very big impact on the rest of the 2023 season. And there's one specific player who could start a chain reaction and a giant trade that could make one potential contender team even stronger. Uh, by the way, uh, Craig Brindle did it again. Craig Brindle got was the first to get my trivia question correct, which was what manager is the only manager to manage a team to the postseason in five different decades? And the answer is Tony LaRussa. With the White Sox and the A's in the 1980s, the A's in the 1990s, St. Louis Cardinals in the 2000s and 2010s, and he managed the 2021 White Sox to the AL Central title. So good job there getting that question. There will be a question at the end of this particular podcast, but before we go on to that, let's talk a little bit about game time. A lot of tickets were sold in the Oakland-Tampa Bay game. That's unbelievable. They're beating all these good teams. And tickets were being sold left and right. They nearly had 30,000 people there. And I'm going to be going to the final Oakland game for this year, which may be the last ever Oakland game. And I use game time. Buying tickets should be easy. You should be concerned more about the game instead of the process of buying it. Game time is fast and easy way to buy your tickets. Sports, music, comedy, theater, all those great events. They got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. They got flash deals. They got last-minute tickets. They also have event cancellation protection. So you'll get your money back if something happens. Is it rained out? Will the Sigurd have became a diva? I don't know. But you can find your tickets, buy your tickets, get the view of where your seat's going to be, and the game time guarantee means you're the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Boom, boom, boom. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent to your phone, so you don't have to dig for an email. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create account, redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, as promised, I put my glasses on, and we're bringing in the man who has seen the future. He is the Nostradamus of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I can tell you what happened last night. I can tell you about the past, but only Lindsey Crosby has seen the future. He has not yet made a single prediction that has gone wrong as the host of the Lockdown MLB Prospects. He is as accurate as Biff in Back to the Future 2. Uh, so everything he says, be sure to head on over to FanDuel, liquidate all your money, and put your money on oh, – who am I kidding? It's Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. How are you doing, man? I am – this is like the time of the year for us, right? Because 
you've had a lot of your injuries have happened. So your prospects are getting called up. The guys who have started off hot have gotten moved to the next level and you're getting closer to the draft. And so college right. is in the postseason. The college world series starts this weekend. It is the best time and the busiest time to be a prospect person. And a couple other things there, because uh, in about a month or so, we're really going to be looking at the trade deadline mm-hmm. and you'll be seeing which prospects might be able to nab this player or that. But also, if you're a team that is looking to maybe trade away one of their top prospects in order to fill something in the major league level, then you may want to draft slightly in mind of like, hmm, if I have a, if there are two prospects who are on our draft board who are kind of equal and we're about to trade away our top infield prospect, uh, maybe we should make sure, maybe we should fill that gap. I mean, all these different thoughts are traveling in people's heads. And oh, by the way, um, we're supposed to uh, promote upcoming shows. We got the College Baseball World Series coming up. And I'm going to ask a question in a later episode because there's all this talk about moving a team to Vegas. Should we expand here? Should we expand there? Why doesn't Omaha ever come up? There are companies there. There's money there. And it's practically the only place where there's a stadium we could with a, uh, a major league team in. I'm going to bring up the question. Omaha seems like a much smarter place than Las Vegas to put a team, but I digress. Lindsey Cross, who's not here, he's not on Lockdown Omaha. He is on the channel that when I insert the ads into this and I start typing Lockdown MLB, it automatically pops up Lockdown MLB prospects. I said, do I look like Lindsey? Lockdown MLB. <laughs> Do you get that problem when you when you type in the ads? Does my show pop up? My big issue is I type prospects first, and there's a hockey prospect show. And so it pops up somehow before mine, even mm-hmm. though I'm MLB and it's NHL, it somehow always pops that one up first because the show is newer than mine. There you and go. that's the worst thing to me. I'm like, come on, what are you doing? I was well, the first one. I should be first when I come up. Well, speaking of first coming up, I'm trying to bring this back on topic. Uh, the one reason I want you to come up on the show is we are in that middle third of the season where we've had, like you said, we've kind of been able to sort of the first third of the season kind of see, all right, who are we? What are we? Are we a contender or not? Do we have a shot this year? And for some of the teams, especially the teams that are surprise contenders, Pirates, the Marlins, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Texas Rangers, who I didn't think we were going to be have this kind of a lead, Um Holes that can be filled internally are probably uh, more coveted than having to trade away your young players to make a deal. So who are some of the prospects who are in the minors right now or not starting right now who could make an impact on the pennant race of some of the teams that are have images of a parade at the end of October dancing in their head? One of the worst divisions right now is the AL Central, but I feel like there's an opportunity for uh, the Cleveland Guardians to really step in and kind of take that over. Right Mm -hmm. now, their rotation, they're already relying on two uh, now-graduated prospects, Tanner Bibby and Logan Allen, in that rotation. Bibby's been terrific. Bibby has had some really good games. He has been fantastic, and he's probably been one of the more successful of the rookie pitchers this year. Mm-hmm. More so than maybe we we didn't necessarily think he was ready when he got called up. There were still some questions about, you know, landing the break and stuff for strikes and things like that. And he's looked fantastic. But 
like you saw, they just DFA'd Zach Plesac right. to make room to keep uh, both Bibby and Allen in the rotation when Tristan McKenzie came back from injury, when you, you know, when you got some pieces back. But behind by the way, all- Lindsay, Lindsay, yeah. I don't know if you heard my episode. I basically guaranteed that Zach Plesak was going to be signed by the Rays. We we're going to use him as a middle reliever, and he was going to be the most dominant middle reliever because they'll say, remember that one thing you do? Let's tweak that slightly. And suddenly, like, God, he hasn't let up a run in 70 innings. That what, is what, what was the Ra- thinking. That is what the Rays do. Like that yes. is, they will take your cast off and they will make that guy into like a Cy Young contender. That is just exactly. how it works. That is life. Right. Ask Tampa Rays. But back on back to Cleveland. Back to Cleveland. Yeah, like behind all of these pitchers, you know, and good pitchers, tenured guys, Shane, uh, Shane Bieber, and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff. They've got Gavin Williams, and yeah. he looks like he could be one of the better pitchers out of all of them he's made eight starts in triple a after getting bumped up kind of early from double a akron and in those eight starts 285 era uh, struck out 56 in 41 innings so like right. 12 and a half strikeouts per nine uh, he's done a lot of work at improving the breaking pitches getting being able to better land them for strikes and when you kind of look at the scouting report like he's a guy who has probably a 70 grade fastball one of the better fastballs in the minors Mm-hmm. He can run it up to, you know, over 100. He can keep it late in, uh, you know, like late in the outing. He can still run it up. But he's got two solid breaking pitches between the slider and the curveball. And I like his changeup, too. Like, he's got four above average to plus pitches. Right. Now that he's been able to better pound the zone for strikes this year, he could be, like, he could start a playoff game. That's how good he is. And he's, right now, their sixth starter who's stuck in AAA because they can't find a spot for him. Which leads us, by the way, when uh, Lindsay and I were talking just before we hit record, uh, who was the one prospect I said, hey, here's one I want to ask about. What name did I bring up? Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams. He was the one I was curious about because of the ripple effect. You take a team like Cleveland, who is currently sub 500, but within striking distance because the entire, as we're recording this, Minnesota is at even 500 and leads the division. So obviously... Uh, a mid 80 win final for a, a AL central team might be enough to punch a dance card in October. And if you're Cleveland, you're thinking, Hey, I know we're sub 500. It's mid June. We could still win the darn division mm-hmm. and having a trade chip as over the top valuable as Shane Bieber. That it may sound insane and counterintuitive to say, let's trade away a, a guy who just had a dominating game over the weekend and say, let's trade them. But you could get two major league ready players and bring up a, uh, a Williams to, to fill the hole in the rotation and fill spots in your lineup, which if their lineup rises to mediocrity, mm-hmm. that might be enough to win the division. Yeah, like they're they're three games under five hundred with a negative run differential, and it's because the lineup has zero power. They're not hitting home runs. I run batted eight the other day. <laughs> and and when people who are, who are if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking like, what are you trying to do trade trading Shane Bieber? I would counter with that's the best option to trade because you have the replacement behind him in Gavin Williams, and if you can get somebody who can consistently hit for power and stick him in the cleanup spot, like you could change the fortunes of this team for the last two months of the season. Uh, Even better if it's an outfielder. And so like, because you have a ton of middle infield prospects, but you don't have a ton of outfielders. You don't have a ton of power guys. 
If you can find that power hitter and and a piece, probably a bullpen piece, since you had to option James Karinchak back down, mm-hmm. uh, and you can do it with Shane Bieber, like that makes you the favorites over Minnesota, who, like you said, at 500, have a, a ton of position players, whether it's outfielders, infielders, whatever, a ton of that, but not a ton of arms that are ready to step up and come up to to Minnesota and a couple guys already on the IL. They've already burned through their their uh, buffer of extra pitchers for this season. So if you can improve, you know, keep your pitching to where it is and improve your offense, it gives you a good chance to win the Central and make the playoffs. And we just, all we have to do is take a look at the other team from the 1997 World Series as an example in that Miami had a, a bunch of pretty good pitchers. Obviously, Alcantara was the Cy Young Award winner last year. They had some other solid pitchers, but they flipped Lopez, a, a solid major league pitcher, mm-hmm. for Luis Arise, who is having an MVP caliber season. But the different the the reason why I'm bringing that up is they traded from the strength, which was the starting pitching. It's oh yes, it's always a risk to trade away starting pitching. But by making sure Miami had that solid bat in that lineup, a reliable professional hitter in the lineup, had I believe had an absolute ripple effect. Yes, you had Soler going on that wild power surge, but I wonder if he would go on that power surge if he didn't have another component in the lineup along with him. I look at this team, Cleveland, who they have an all-star hitter in Ramirez, and they have – some other players who can be good, but they need that, what I call the mother tarantula, that per, that that one figure in the middle of the lineup that can make everyone else scurry and do their, uh, and do their bidding. And later I'll explain what the term mother tarantula came from, but it, it makes sense to me. Um, but it's risky as hell, mm-hmm. obviously, to trade away a Shane Bieber. But... I think it could be the difference between playing in October and not. And and this division is winnable. And the whole thing is like, just get to the playoffs. The goal is to make it to the playoffs because, and it's that famous line from, from Moneyball, like all of the fancy stuff doesn't work in the playoffs because luck is such a part of it. The goal is just to make it. And you can look at teams like the Phillies who barely got in last year, made it to the World Series. But I think one thing that will be, yes, is a lot of luck and a lot of good fortune. Obviously, you saw a couple of hundred win teams uh, get bounced early last year. You had the Rays get bounced a couple of years ago when they were clearly the best team in the ALO. But I also think having pitching depth is a big part of it. And Cleveland, even if they deal Bieber, will have pitching depth. And they be the type of team that if you're facing them, especially in a best of three series in the wild card round, you wouldn't want to face their pitching. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to do that. And to be able to go in, I mean, we saw the good solid pitching last year dismantle, granted, an absolutely ravaged Rays team, but they almost beat the Yankees. They came this close to eliminating the Yankees, and it was all based on their arms shut down their bats. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, game it out. If something were to happen after you trade, you know, Bieber, like, okay, yeah, you've got you, you've already promoted Gavin Williams. You've got Hunter Gaddis. You've got Polisak. If you can figure out what's wrong with him, you've got Tuki Toussaint, like in AAA, who has major league experience. You've got multiple guys. 
And in the playoffs, you don't need five starters anyway. No, you don't. You need three and a half. And so, like, it's just, it makes a lot of sense. And especially when you think about the fact that as of now, it doesn't project like there's going to be a ton of sellers at the deadline and a ton of, and a lot of the teams that are obvious sellers, like the A's, don't have a ton of assets. Yes. That's why Beaver trading him is so, there's so many teams who believe they're on the, who are reading the Phillies mantra and everything like that. A chip like Bieber, some teams go look up and say, oh my God, we could win the World Series if we make this deal. You give up, it would probably have to be like a three-team trade. Like you would get, you would be able to get the prospects to put in a major league hitter and a major league reliever. And some other team would cough up, you know, would, would cough up their best blue chip prospects. And, you know, everyone, you know, by the time the dust settles, Bieber is on, I don't know, you know, Houston. And um, all of a sudden, two blue chip prospects are playing for the A's and and, and two major leaguers are on Cleveland and, and everyone's happy and there is a wedding. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's not going to be many impact arms at the deadline, but no. he's definitely the best option. And yeah. so a guy you have, you have to think about, obviously. We are here with Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. We've already solved Cleveland uh, here in the final segment. Who are some of the other impact prospects who are just percolating at AAA, waiting to see their way into October? One of the big divisions that I've been paying a lot of attention to has been the National League West. When you look at Arizona is above the Dodgers right now. As we record this, they're three and a half games up. Right. And the, the Dodgers have had plenty of issues with their starting pitching. They're down, uh, I want to say, their rotation right now is three or four pitchers, and two of them are rookies, and Michael Grove and Bobby Miller. Because but Bobby you, Miller's been fantastic. Oh, yeah, he's been great. He's been great, but like you're down Dustin May, you're down Ryan Pepio, Julio Urias, Urias. Walker yeah. Bueller, uh, Noah Syndergaard has his cheeks. And so like you're out all these guys, but you have so many really good pitchers in AAA. You have Emmett Sheehan, Landon Knack, Gavin Stone. Like there's three guys in AAA right now you could be comfortable calling up and giving starts to. And then just behind that, I mean, there's other guys that may not be on the 40-man roster, but you have that, and then you have a lot of trade pieces because you have just about every position covered, for the most part, long-term between Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and things like that. You have three catchers in your system that are all really good catchers, Diego Cartaya, uh, Dalton Rushing, and so the Dodgers, more so than anybody else in the National League West, have not only impact players who can come up and help as far as pitchers, but they've also got plenty of pieces to go out and make a trade without significantly hurting the organization going forward. Like a lot of teams, if Atlanta tried to make a big trade right now, they'd have to give up some of the only good prospects they have left. The Dodgers can give you a handful of good prospects and still have a top 10 farm system. So what you're saying is Shane Bieber's going to the Dodgers. (laughs) That's, that's, it's kind of what it, it's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. You're going to give them a, a big hitting outfield type. You're going to give uh, Cleveland back some other useful piece, maybe a, a infielder, Michael Bush or something like that. And or then it'd be a three team trade. As I said, it could be a three, like the Dodgers could send those blue chip to 
a team and like a major league reliever and a major league hitter are sent to Cleveland and Shane Bieber is sent to LA. I mean, I think, I think that that's, if I were, if I were Cleveland, I wouldn't necessarily want to bring another person from triple a to the team. I would want to say, I mean, you could make the argument that they could get another super long-term piece, but I was saying, if you're going to sacrifice Bieber, I would want it to be someone who is already a major leaguer, you know, on that team. I mean, that's one thing we definitely learned from the 2021 World Series champion Braves is that sometimes the key is make sure there's a major leaguer there. Mm-hmm. Even if you have tons of injuries, just make sure you got a major leaguer there. And to their great fortune, the three outfielders that they plugged in due to injury, uh, Peterson had a great division series against um, the Milwaukee Brewers. Rosario was the MVP of the NLCS and Soler was the MVP of the world series and they were all pickups. And I think it cost them, uh, almost you know, nothing. Cup, virtually no impact player. So, I mean, in one sense to Cleveland, I think learn the lesson from that is make sure there's a major leaguer at every position and take your chances. But if you could get an impact major leaguer, you know, that, I mean, that's otherwise keep Bieber, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like if but I'm the, the Dodgers, you know, I have this hole at shortstop. Miguel Rojas has defensively has filled it fine, but offensively has not done much. I know that I've got Gavin Lux coming back next year. You know, I'm completely fine sending you one or two stud pitching prospects for a shortstop that I feel like I can plug in and who can just take and run shortstop for me. Give me a Tim Anderson. Give me, you know, give me somebody like that. And I've still got more pitching prospects to call up. There's multiple options for the Dodgers. They feel like they're best positioned to make whatever purchase they want. But because how bad the AL Central is, Chicago may not think they're sellers. Exactly. That's Chicago, one of the problems bad, They've been terrible this year. And yet how far they're only, they're not that far, but even dropping Two, having two ninth inning rallies kill them this last weekend against Miami, they're not that far out of first. Yeah, the hard part for the White Sox, and what one, ownership's never going to admit that they're not going to contend and they have to sell. Right. But if they try to make a push with their prospects, they just don't have a lot of guys who are MLB ready. Colson Montgomery, the top prospect, had an oblique injury in spring. He's now dealing with a back injury. He's rehabbing at the complex level. Like, so many of their their pitching prospects are not necessarily triple A guys. They're double A or lower, you know, high A guys that you can't promote and use this year. And even the 40-man roster triple uh, A guys, Oscar Colos, he didn't work out too well to open the season. Lennon Sosa is not a needle mover at second base. And so they have to make it work with the guys on the major league roster. And it's a shame because they could get so much for some of these guys, there are 12 teams right now that would give you a quality player to get Joe Kelly in their bullpen because he's mm-hmm. been so good with that sweeper. You know, he, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, you could move these guys for Dylan Cease. You could get a haul, especially if Bieber doesn't get traded, right. but Chicago's not going to do that because ownership won't let them admit we're not in the race this year. And, and here's where I'll, here's where I'll stand by the ownership a little bit. Um, I, I have a lot of issues with the White Sox ownership, but I will say this. Some of the biggest, you just l- listed at least four, maybe five of the best potential trade chips out there. Now, their window, they had a great window of opportunity for about two years and it shut down on like a, like a bad window. 
But when you consider that as bad as they've been, and they're they're as of this recording, they're four and a half games out of first, and they have all of these quality pieces, and you could say to yourself, wait a minute, we have all these quality pieces. If we have a good second half, we could win the division. And the answer is yes, but it's also a seller's market, and you can get five. You if you if you're trading away Cease and Lynn, and you said Kelly. And Anderson, and probably you said another, uh, did you say Giolito, right? Giolito. Yeah, Giolito, thank you. If you, you, you could get five pieces, five long-term pieces for those guys, as much of a bitter pill as it would be to swallow. Or if, or if, or if you only deal the pitchers and say, we're going to keep Anderson to be the face of the franchise. Fine, I could definitely see that, all right? But if you say, you're never going to get more for Giolito, Cease, all these guys, you're never going to get more than you will right now. And if you could say we are built, we can have those pieces. If we say, all right, this is a winnable division, it'll be a winnable division in 2024 and 2025. And we'll be in a better place than Cleveland or Minnesota to do that. But you're right. That's saying to the fans, we're giving up in a year where the first place team is a 500 team. Yeah. And that's what makes this trade deadline so hard. You have to see movement. Over the summer, somebody, for the good of everybody, uh, for the good of the contenders, somebody in the AL Central, somebody in the NL Central has to separate from the pack. Right. And if, you, if that doesn't happen, the trade market becomes very thin, and which means every deadline, like every deadline deals already, for the most part, an overpay, unless you get a guy on a salary dump and you fix him, like the Braves did with Soler and Rosario. Right. But... If somebody doesn't separate from the pack in these two divisions, that's where all your sellers are going to come from because Oakland doesn't have anything really worth selling. Not really. Colorado doesn't have a ton of stuff worth selling unless you want to take some bad contracts. And so this is where, like, Toronto's not going to sell. Boston's not going to sell. Yeah. You know, nobody. And Kansas Washington, City, Kansas City doesn't, Kansas City won't trade Wit or any of their big building blocks away, nor will they trade a Salvador Perez because he's a legacy player. So and, there's, there's worse. He yeah, has a no trade nothing. clause. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not they're not gonna so you know the White Sox may get a haul. But if Minnesota or Cleveland doesn't run away with it, Chicago is gonna think that they're still in it, ruins your trade deadline. It's it's if you it's are a fan of a contending team, you need you know, I don't know, pick a random pick Minnesota to root for, pick Cleveland, like whoever, just pick a team in the central on each side and root for them. Pick at the Reds. In the National Pirates. I want the Pirates. I want the Pirates. I like so many players on the Pirates. I like the soft spot I heard for the Pirates. I want the Reds because of Ellie De La Cruz. They are promoting the young kids. The kids are fantastic. Let the kids play. Oh, that's yeah, that's I, my team. Hundred percent agreed that the Reds said, "Screw it, let's bring up all our players." And look what happened. Now, do I think they're going to win this year? No, I don't. But they're in the conversation. And what I've been screaming about, and my fans know that I scream, that the key for the team is have your best healthy 26 players on your major league roster, no matter what level they're at, no matter what you can do with manipulating their contracts. If Ellie De La Cruz was one of the best 26 players in the Reds organization and he's healthy, then he should be on the major league roster. And he yeah. is. And look at the spark that is provided. And some of the other players who have been on the team that they've called up and said, hey, look at that. It's a, it, There's a reason to go to a Reds game now. I just have a soft spot in my heart for the Pirates because I love the Pirates. Cincinnati's four games back of the division lead. Watch them win. Watch them I win. I mean, 
Well, look at you are Lindsey Crosby and you are the host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Uh, hey, uh, before we wrap this up today, I am going to ask today's trivia question. First person to answer correctly by sending to at Sully Baseball on Twitter or uh, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram or here in the comments section on YouTube. The question is, we're talking people who could make impact from the minor leagues to October. Who was the last pitcher to clinch the World Series, to throw the final pitch of the World Series, who began that year in the minor leagues? Someone in the minors riding the buses started the year in the minors and ended it jumping up and down, being mobbed as the man who clinched the World Series. Who That's happened a few times. Who was the last one to do it? First person to get it right, send it to me uh, at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or here on the YouTube channel. Uh, Lindsey Crosby, where can people follow you? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked on MLB Prospects, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can find uh, uh, us via email if you have questions, Prospects at gmail.com as well. Mailbag Monday, every single Monday, all from your questions. All right, and I've already told you all the places to follow me. What, do I need to spoon feed you? No, I don't. Talking about the future of baseball and how fast is it going to come and why White Sox fans might think, eh, it might be better if we stink these next couple of months. But do you know what? It's, I never want to say that. You always want to see good baseball. This has been a Locked On MLB, Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>